Hi friends and welcome back to another episode of Open House, a fresh, fun and real podcast where I, Louise Rumble, invite you inside the therapy room with me to learn from some of the very best psychologists, therapists and sex and intimacy coaches that I have found. No topic is off the table, no question too juicy and no experience too shameful. At Open House, everyone is welcome. And we're on a mission to develop a new mental health experience for all because we believe that true happiness is coming home to yourself under the layers and layers of you that society has told you to be. As ever, please remember that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and you should always seek professional medical help when necessary. Now, let's get into it and I'll see you on the other side. Okay. Hi, my friends, and welcome to what I think is going to be a new segment on the Open House podcast. I'm out of breath because I just ran up two flights of stairs, which is concerning. And then I did not take a break before starting this podcast recording. Anyway, welcome to this new segment of the podcast, which I like to call Home Truths. Now, you all know that one of the most important reasons that this podcast exists is because of the clinical psychologists and therapists. But sometimes, I just think we need a couple of home truths from lived experience. So in this home truth segment, I'm going to jump on and just just chew the fat with you. That is such a disgusting phrase. Just chew the fat with you and just kind of talk through my thoughts and feelings on things as well as sharing what's been going on inside our community area called The House. It's a really special space in there. There's 220 amazing people. and We just talk about all things, dating, love, sex, you know, the good things, the bad things, the funny things. We have been known to send Dappy's penis picture around. Don't know if anyone in here is familiar with Dappy. We were talking about, is it true that skinny guys necessarily just have tiny dicks? And I was saying, I can confirm that is not true. Not going to go into it on today's episode because you need to come and join us in the house if you want to get into these highly inappropriate discussions with us. Anyway, I digress. What was I talking about? I don't know. I actually don't know what I was saying, but this is Home Truths. And today is a big requested episode, which is why the first healthy relationship after the toxic one is the hardest. So I don't know if you've heard this phrase before, but people say, oh, like the toxic relationship isn't the hard one. It's the healthy relationship after the toxic one that's the hardest. And it got me thinking, because do you know what? I actually think that's true. A healthy relationship after a toxic relationship literally can feel like you have been taken buy a spaceship and put on another planet. It is going to be hard. The healthy relationship after the toxic relationship is hard. And that is the truth. But sometimes toxic relationships are hard because sometimes they actually feel good. Now, I'm not talking about abuse here. I'm talking about the toxic trauma bond, the games, the inconsistency, that if I do this, then they're going to do that. I'm talking about the highs, the lows, the I'm going to chase you to make you love me and I'm going to flirt you into submission and I'm going to be cute and sweet and fun and sexy and show you all the reasons that you should pick me and choose me and fall in love with me. The truth is, is when you finally make it to a relationship with someone like that, the stress doesn't end. 
the stress actually gets worse because when you become their girlfriend or when you become their boyfriend, you then feel that you have a right to call them out on their behavior. And that is then when the entire cycles begin of you did this and it wasn't right and this is right and what you're doing is wrong. And then we become the teacher. We try to teach them. Now, I'm not going to get into today why we should not be doing that. And I'm hoping that just by listening to the podcast and across all of the episodes we've done, you're going to realize that is not what healthy love looks like. But what I am going to say is that toxic dating leads to toxic relationships. The good news is at some point you will break this cycle. One day you will wake up and you will realize, I don't want to be in this toxic relationship anymore. You will realize what cycles are driving you. You will realize what stories are holding you back. You'll ultimately realize that you are the only person who can break the cycle of your toxic relationships. Because the bad boys, the dickheads, the shitheads, excuse my language, the disrespectful guys that just want to fuck and play games, like they aren't going anywhere. You know, I'm not shaming men here. This is just coming from my experience as a female that has dated a lot of toxic men. But at some point you realize if you don't break this cycle, you are going to end up in these cycles until your last day on earth. You're going to realize that if you don't change it, you are going to end up creating a marriage and a family based around this and that you're basically condemning yourself to a life of hot and cold roller coaster cycles and games. And you realize that, yeah, sometimes they really, really love you. Yeah, sometimes you see into the core of them for the sweet, kind, sensitive, gorgeous person under the layers and layers that the world made them into. Yeah, the sex might be amazing, but you also are agreeing to a lot of time of really not feeling good at all. So when the time comes to break the cycle, you would think that that's the end of the hard work. But the truth is, yes, you might have left that jerk behind, but that is really when your healing begins. Now, before we get into the actual meat of the episode, the home truth, I want to share that I would really, really advise an extended period of I'm just not dating right now, or even full-blown celibacy. Now, I do believe that you can date and heal at the same time, but I also believe that you really, really, really need to be clear on what you are healing and working through. You need to be so hyper clear on this is me. This is what my childhood did to me. These are the cycles of love it developed. This is the man or woman that I'm attracted to. This is why it is not a good attraction for me to have. And this is how it shows up in love or a relationship. You really have to have that understanding before you can jump into something that has the foundations to be healthy. Because to do that, you need to understand the cycles you are breaking. But say that you're listening to this, say that you're dating, say that you're ready to date. I am going to run you through, I probably shouldn't clap, my sound engineer is going to tell me off. I am going to run you through all of the reasons that the healthy relationship feels so fucking uncomfortable after living a life of toxic relationships. And not only that, but I'm going to tell you what to do about it. Now, first up, to make a healthy relationship work after a toxic one, you need to acknowledge to some extent that you have been or are an addict. Now, that sounds very dramatic, but the truth is you have been an addict, but you have not been an addict to a substance. You have been an addict to attention and all of the neurochemicals that come with attention from a toxic and unhealthy partner. You need to admit to yourself that you have been addicted to the cycle of intermittent reinforcement. 
intermittent reinforcement is basically the baseline of a toxic relationship. And what that means is that it's a pattern of cruel treatment mixed in with random bursts of affection, love and care. And what you need to understand is that often actually you weren't really attracted or addicted to the person. You were attracted and addicted to the schedule of intermittent reinforcement that they delivered you through their personality and their way of interaction. You need to think about intermittent reinforcement in terms of a rat in a cage. So it's a scientific experiment where the rat would push the lever and nothing would come out. So no food pellet would come out. Then they'd push the lever again and no food pellet would appear. After pushing the lever 12 times, a food pellet finally comes out. And what this study shows is that in that moment, there was this dopamine release, which is the feel-good chemical and it's pleasurable and it feels good. But also what happens is it builds up the anticipation, which is what keeps the rat continually pressing the lever. So actually part of this addiction and attraction to the inconsistent man or woman comes out of this cycle of intermittent reinforcement. So you need to acknowledge that life might not actually ever be the same again. Think of it in terms of a heroin addict. Do they have the same life after they come off heroin? Absolutely not. Might it be better? Yes, in terms of that you are less likely to die, you are not abusing your body constantly, you are not riding an insane roller coaster, and you are just able to live a safer, more stable life. A healthy relationship after a toxic relationship is not only a new start, but it's actually a new life and a new part of you. And it's one that's going to feel wildly different to anything you've ever known. So first up, you need to acknowledge that in some capacity, your brain has been addicted to an intermittent reinforcement schedule. The next home truth about the first healthy relationship after the toxic one is that there are good and consistent men and women out there who actually want to treat you good, but you might be suspicious that someone being nice and consistent and communicative and kind actually might feel a bit weird or not trusting them when they buy you flowers because you're like, you literally must have cheated on me if you buy me flowers because no man has ever been nice to me unless he's done something wrong. If you listen to this podcast, you're obviously becoming more and more aware of love bombing, gaslighting, like the red flag behavior associated with coming on too hot too soon or saying things for the sake of it or being too sexual too fast. Yes, a lot of men and women today will say things to get things. And when we start to do the work, we realize that there are actually so many behaviors and personality traits that can be dangerous and red flag behavior. So if you have a history of dating or engaging with more toxic individuals, we start to hyper-analyze and I guess become hyper-vigilant of everything out there. So when someone is nice to us, it's natural to instantly think, are they love bombing me? What are they saying? Why are they saying this? What are they trying to get out of me? You need to be vigilant, but you need to not let this suspicion turn into self-sabotage. You need to act with positive intent, which is something we talk about with anxious attachment a lot. Treating the other person with positive intent, i.e. they're being nice to me because they're a good person and they want to spend time with me, is a much better mentality than they're being nice to me because they want to fuck me or they're being nice to me because they want something from me. But I think this is where the concept of pacing and watching rather than expecting in the dating stage is really important because in my opinion, the only thing that can reduce suspicion of another is getting to know them and getting to know know another comes with taking things slow and talking with them, watching them, looking at how they react and getting inside of their head as you connect with them emotionally. 
The next home truth about the first healthy relationship after the toxic one is that you need to acknowledge that there are good and consistent men and women out there, but you might find that they are boring. Now, there's this school of thought out there at the moment. It's this belief that actually those really early on intense and initial butterflies in your stomach are actually thought to be brought on by arousal of your nervous system. So sometimes you think that the butterflies equate to romantic or sexual interest and we think that it's chemistry. But what people today are suggesting that actually this might be your nervous system going into fight or flight and trying to protect you. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think that all butterflies are associated with toxic behavior, but one of the things that increases is norepinephrine, and that's the thing which helps you focus and can make you nervous and cautious. So if you have a history of dating or engaging with more toxic individuals, you might be used to your nervous system turning on into alert mode, into fight or flight, into danger mode, which might give you so many of the butterflies and full body feelings that we associate with deep chemistry and compatibility. The truth is a good, stable, solid partner should give you little butterflies, but should never rock you to the core as soon as you meet them. What I have learned through therapy is being rocked to the core and feeling like I have to have this man or woman. This person is my soulmate. Oh my God, I found them. They're going to save me. This is it. I've waited all this time for this person is a red flag in itself. And that is due to something called attachment hunger. Now, if you don't know what the concept of attachment hunger is, I would go back and listen to episode 24 with me and Dr. Terry. It's a really, really important episode. But what I want to say is you need to acknowledge that these butterflies you have felt your whole life, that is not chemistry. You need to acknowledge that you are going to go on a date with someone a good guy, a good girl, and there might not be sparks flying on the first date. You might think they're boring. And actually, my therapist told me that when she first met her husband and went on a date with him, she said to herself, I could see myself going on a second date with him again, I guess. And that that is the kind of energy that I need to be open to. Now, when she told me that like two years ago, I literally thought to myself, wow, that is one of the fucking weirdest things that anyone has ever said to me. But the truth is the good guys and the good girls, like they are not going to activate your attachment trauma and your nervous system in the way that unhealthy, avoidant and inconsistent types of people do. So they are not going to feel the same. And your brain is logically and rationally going to think that that means that it doesn't feel good. You might not get the rush of chemicals. You might not get the dopamine hits. You might just leave the date thinking, hmm, that was kind of nice, kind of non-dramatic, kind of nice to have a meal with someone and have a good conversation. It's taken me a really, really, really long time to acknowledge that you can leave a date and you can think, hmm, that was nice, rather than, oh my God, I have to fucking be with this man. Because those are your old cycles. And if you want to rewrite these cycles, you need to be open to the fact that something is going to feel different and it's going to feel weird, but that is the first step towards something potentially feeling healthy. So this brings me to my next home truth, which is that you need to accept that what is going to happen next is very uncomfortable. If it was easy enough for us just to all jump into a healthy relationship after years and years of toxic dating, we would all do it. But we don't because without awareness, our patterns are stronger than us and they just continue to dictate our partner choices and experiences time and time again. So you need to acknowledge that you might go on a date and you might at best find it okay. 
And at worst, you might find it boring. You might find it unstimulating. You might find out that you get the ick with that person because your nervous system does not know how to engage with someone that doesn't rev it up. But the truth is you have to commit to keep going through these moments of discomfort because you aren't going to break this cycle overnight. And for me, if you left the date feeling seen, heard, and able to be yourself without having to excessively perform or feeling judged, then that is a very good start. Now, on the butterfly point, I want to share a tiny story about the first date that I ever went on with my boyfriend. I would truly say that my current boyfriend is the only man that I have ever dated being aware of the cycles that we're talking about today. So when we went on our first date, he said, I want to take you out for dinner at 8 p.m. And he made the reservation and he said, I will be there at 8 p.m. And he picked me up. Okay. Now we had a nice date. We just kind of spoke about life and we spoke about a situation that was quite personal to him with one of his family members. And we just had like a nice, normal conversation. And I didn't leave this date feeling like I have to be with this man. I didn't leave this date thinking like, this is my soulmate. I didn't leave this date thinking like, holy fuck, I need this man to pick and choose me. I left this date thinking, that was really nice. He's really handsome and his energy just feels really nice. And when we were on the date, he put his hand on my leg, like kind of held it and stroked it a little bit. And it didn't feel driven by sexual energy. It didn't make me feel uncomfortable. It didn't make me feel like, oh my God, like I love this. Like, oh my God, this is amazing. It just made me feel like nice and good. And it felt nice. But at that point in my life, something feeling nice just didn't really feel much at all. It just felt kind of like a 25% feeling, like a 25% emotion. And then when he kissed me, it was like nothing I've ever experienced before. It wasn't that like, oh my God, like fuck, someone just let all the butterflies out the cages, like, whoa, like butterflies everywhere. It was just this like amazing kiss where we connected and I felt like safe. And I had all of these like little baby, baby butterflies in my stomach. And they were like really, really small butterflies. Like they didn't make me feel nervous. They didn't make me feel anything. I just felt like warm and like safe. And like these tiny, tiny, tiny little butterflies were like coming out in my stomach, but so, so small. Like they weren't trying to break out. They were just there. They were saying like, hi, like, hi, I'm here. So one of my biggest takeaways on this is that you're looking for the baby butterflies. You're not looking for no butterflies at all. Because sometimes we go the other way, right? We're like, I'm trying to date a nice guy. This is a nice guy. I don't feel anything, but maybe if I force myself into it, then maybe it will be better down the line. No, like you have to think they're attractive. There has to be a little bit of a spark and there has to be a baby, baby butterfly. And it's up to you to judge that and to talk very, very clearly with yourself. Either there are no butterflies here, but I had a nice time and I'm going to give them another go because the slow burn and getting to know someone is actually a very high value way of building a relationship or being clear with yourself on the other end of the spectrum. Like there is an infestation of butterflies here. Like I need this man to pick me, love me, choose me. And because of that, I can see that this is activating my attachment trauma in some capacity. Okay, next up. Now, this truth also came from the house and they said one of the truths is that the sex might either be boring 
or normal? And this really got me thinking. So I saw a TikTok the other day that said, do you know what is really underrated? Being the vanilla girl in the bedroom that no longer has to degrade herself to please her man or keep him sexually fulfilled and happy because of the fear that he will ever want to go and sleep with someone else if she doesn't give him everything he needs. Now, this is literally crazy because we talk on this podcast a lot about the performative nature of I need to be this way and I need to do this for him to pick me rather than to pick someone else. And when I heard that TikTok, I was like, holy fucking guacamole. As you get older, you just realize that a healthy relationship is not having to do things you don't want to do. It's also not having to have mind-blowing fucking sex every single time. Now, the person in the house that entered this submission said, the sex can feel boring at first. The boredom when you're not used to peace until you stick it out and around the six month mark when you're finally in a healthy relationship and you realize you are having the best sex you've ever had and you find yourself in love with the peace. The truth is, is that in a healthy relationship, the sex might just be normal to begin with because you are starting to get used to being in a space where you can just be loved and accepted for who you are. And I think that sexual acceptance and sexual liberation, particularly for the females listening, is something that often we just are not used to experiencing. Now, this is something that I've spoken about with Dr. Massimo a lot on previous episodes, which is that ultimately true pleasure comes from feeling truly safe, where your nervous system can relax and really experience being embodied. Sometimes in a healthy relationship, that sexual chemistry might be different to the type of sexual chemistry you are used to. But the truth is, is that I have found that there is nothing sexier than being in an amazing intimate partnership with someone that wants to worship me, adore me, accept me and love me in the bedroom rather than degrade me. I never have to perform. If I don't want to do something, I don't want to do something. If I want to stop whilst I'm doing something, I can say, I don't want to do this anymore. And that is also something that I am still really trying to work on because the thought of wanting to stop having sex with someone once we've started is like, they're going to get angry at me. They're going to get annoyed at me. Like they're not going to have an orgasm. Like then they're going to get angry, blah, blah, blah. That is so fucked up. So as this person said, sometimes the sex might feel normal at first, but the truth is it might just lead to the best sex you've ever had, where you can just be loved and accepted for who you are. So you need to go on that journey. You need to explore something different and something that feels different because that is how you break these cycles of the old and take you towards the cycles of the new. Okay, okay, okay. This one is good. Next up, you need to acknowledge that when you are trying to have a healthy relationship, you are very much still going to feel sparks and feelings for your old type, despite the fact that you are en route to finding your new type. Now, much like trying to domesticate a tiger after years and years of it being in the wild, like I said, there are going to be neural wirings and pathways in your brain that are deeply trained to make you think that you know what you want. Now, you can consciously and subconsciously change these narratives, but it takes time. And for a while, unconsciously and subconsciously, they're going to be staying there in the background. Now, I'm going to tell you a story that happened very, very recently that I think proves this point 100%. Okay, so I was in Mexico and I kept going to a and I kept going to a tattoo parlor with a friend because she was getting tattooed. Now, there was a tattoo artist in there who me and him like we just got on well. Now, of course, I am 100% happy in my relationship, but of course, you are going to come into situations where you have a conversation with another human, right? Like that's a very normal thing to do. So, I started talking to this person and we just got on well, but it all made sense 
when on one of the times I saw him, he started to tell me about all of the toxic and abusive relationships he'd been in and how he actually was really violent and would often fight on nights out. And in that moment, I realized, oh my God, like that is why I vibe with you because you are the exact type of man that I have spent my whole life vibing with. Now that is such a fucked up story. Like it is crazy that I'm sitting here saying like, oh yeah, this like violent man, this person that will happily punch someone on a night out if they're like getting in your way is someone that I got on well with. But this is my point is that you're body is used to specific types of human beings. And just because you are working on breaking that pattern doesn't mean that those sparks or feelings for different types of people are going to go away. Now, again, I'm not saying I had any spark for this man. I'm just trying to explain to you guys that like, sometimes you connect with people and things feel easy and things feel right. And that's what we consider to be good. But just because something is what we know and it feels easy and it flows does not mean that it's healthy. So just like you need to admit and acknowledge that the new healthy person is not necessarily always going to feel good, you also need to acknowledge that the unhealthy person still might continue to feel good. But it's about bringing conscious awareness to this cycle and not engaging. Which brings me to my next home truth. You need to acknowledge that you are going to want to self-sabotage. Okay, so I always say it's like this. Trying to have a healthy relationship or going on dates with healthy people when you are used to unhealthy people is much the same as committing to go to Russian or Mandarin lessons when you are British, American, whatever. Now that is a scary, daunting and deeply uncomfortable thing to do. You are going to be put so outside of your comfort zone that of course you're going to be like, oh no, 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 I don't need to learn Mandarin. Like, oh no, it's fine. I'll just use Google Translate. Oh no, I don't need to do this. Like, ah, you will make every excuse under the sun as to why you don't want to go to that damn Mandarin lesson. But the truth is that is self-sabotaging because when you put it in the context of trying to have a healthy relationship, you are going to sabotage what feels uncomfortable what feels unusual and what feels different. You're going to say, oh, I don't want to, oh, I'm not feeling this. Oh, I'm not open to exploring it. It feels so much easier to go for what you know, rather than actually committing to doing something differently and getting a different outcome. So you need to be aware that if you are trying to have a healthy relationship after a toxic one, that you're probably going to self-sabotage it. And that happens both in the dating phase and when you are in a relationship. So in the dating phase, you're going to get the ick, something's going to be not quite right, you're not feeling the butterflies, you're not feeling the chemistry, and you're going to be out, right? Or when you're in a relationship, if you finally make it to the stage of being in a healthy relationship, you are going to want to self-sabotage it to bring back the cycles of drama, chase and inconsistency that you know. So for me, I talk about this a lot. I am a big fighter. Like you want to fight, I'll fucking fight. Like obviously not physically, just, you know, mentally in conflict. Like you want to go all in, I will meet you there. Like let's shout. Now that's a whole different ball game and discussion as to how that developed because actually underneath it, I'm really, really sensitive and like I get really upset by conflict, but in the moment I'm very good at going all in. So what does that mean? That means that in all of my relationships, I have been used to having conflict. And now I'm in a calm, healthy, amazing, loving relationship. At the beginning, I just wanted to fucking fight. <laughs> I actually can't believe I'm saying that, but like, I genuinely wanted to fucking fight. Like, we haven't fought. I actually think we've had one fight in our whole year of being together. It was fully on me. And my boyfriend works in a hotel and they were having a party and he had to invite people to the party. 
and he was messaging this girl. And I was like, why the fuck are you messaging this girl? There was nothing in it. Like I read the messages. It literally was like nothing. Like they weren't even messaging. Like he literally was just like, here's the flyer to the party. Like come if you want. That's literally his job. I lost my shit. I was like, you're so fucking disrespectful. Like you should never fucking message another girl. Like, and yes, you know, of course, like he should never, he should never message another girl. Otherwise I <laughs> chop his dick off. Joking, babe. Cause I know he listens to these podcasts. Um, but the truth is, is that in this moment, I was being so irrational. Like he hadn't done anything wrong. It was part of his job, blah, 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 blah. blah. Like I know some people were listening will be like, he shouldn't have fucking done that. But the way that I dealt with it, like I could have just had a conversation with him and been like, Hey, that's kind of makes me feel a bit uncomfortable. And my reasons for thinking that are X, Y, and Z. Instead, I lost my fucking shit. I remember I was like standing in this walk-in closet and I was like, like, you, who the fuck do you think you are? Like, you can't fucking do that to me. Like, that's disgusting. That's disrespectful. Blah, blah, blah. When I calmed down, he was like, that was just the most crazy reaction. And that for me was like a very normal reaction. And now I look back, I'm like, wow, like I was so used to dealing with conflict in that way that sitting down and having a calm and comfortable conversation was really uncomfortable. Like I was self-sabotaging the peace. I was self-sabotaging the stability in our relationship because I genuinely was not used to it. Like even now, actually not now, because now I am so grateful to be in a relationship where like we don't fight. I'm like, oh my God. Sometimes I just FaceTime him and I'm like, I just want to say I fucking love you. Like to be in a relationship like this is like nothing I've ever experienced. And I'm just so grateful for it. But at the beginning, it really, really felt uncomfortable. So one of my final home truths is you need to acknowledge that you're going to want to self-sabotage. You're going to want to self-sabotage in the dating stage and in the relationship stage. And I think that this even goes through into a long-term relationship. Like I think that there are times when if you are historically a toxic person, that you are going to get attention from someone else. You are going to get attention from someone that is your type from before. They're going to give you those butterflies they're gonna act they're gonna activate your attachment trauma it's gonna feel like a vibe and it's gonna take you back to being that version of you that you were before you started to break these cycles and in those moments you just need to acknowledge that still there may be chances and opportunities when you will want to self-sabotage but the truth we're not doing that anymore because there is nothing better than not letting our shit get in the way of us having a happy, loving, fun, kind relationship. So yes, you might question if your new relationship is boring because you will not be used to it. You won't be used to not chasing, not fighting, not playing games. You'll just be living and living alongside someone else that is also just living. It's actually really fucking disconcerting to be in a healthy relationship like what is going on? Like, why are we just coasting along really nicely and enjoying life together? But the truth is, you have been used to riding a motorbike your whole life. It's exhilarating. It's dangerous. It's amazing. And all of a sudden, you just need to get used to driving a sports car instead. I'm not telling you that you need to go and get on a push bike. Like, you shouldn't be bored by your relationship. You shouldn't be like, oh, this is so budget and like shit. You should just be in like a really nice, stable, I don't fucking know shit about cars, but like, whatever, like a luxury car, like a G-Wagon that you get into and you're like, oh, I love this. This feels so good and I'm proud of it and I love it and I want to like tell everyone about it and I can go fast in it, you know, like you can have great sex and great friendship and great moments, but also you can just put it in the driveway and you can drive it tomorrow knowing that you are much less likely to die in a car than you are on a motorcycle. Now that is one of the weirder analogies that I've come up with and I definitely didn't plan that, but you know, I think it works. I think 
that a toxic relationship is like driving a motorcycle. It is just more dangerous. So yeah, you need to acknowledge that you are probably going to try and fuck it up. You are probably going to cause an issue at 10.30am on a Tuesday morning when you might turn around and realize I am the problem here. And that brings me to my next point. Another home truth is that when you are having a healthy relationship after a toxic one, you are going to feel like you are just too much. Now, if you are working on your own experiences and cycles and toxicity and trauma, et cetera, et cetera, you might be used to communication patterns, conflict patterns that aren't actually that stable. The calling them all the time or ignoring them when they do something wrong or shouting at them, like you might feel like you are too much in the beginning. You might feel like you've gone through too much, like your past is too hectic or too heavy. You might feel like I just have too many problems, like I'm too overwhelming. Why am I like this? Like why is he or she not like this? And why would they ever want to be with someone like me. You will come into this with a lot of insecurities about the relationships you've gone through, the love that you've accepted, the cycles that you've enabled, and really the baggage that you picked up all along. And there are going to be moments where you just feel like you are too much. And there are going to be moments when you think that this is going to end at any point. You are going to think, why is this person attracted to me? And why are they ever going to stick around for someone as unstable as me? Now I'm talking from experience here, like there have been multiple times when I just think, how is my boyfriend still my boyfriend? But I don't feel like that anymore. He's communicated to me that it's just me and he's here to hold space as I get to be comfortable in this relationship and kind of just get used to things being stable and kind of putting those old patterns to bed rather than allowing them just to keep you up all night. And that is the truth. A healthy partner is going to hold space for you in whatever form you are in when they meet you. But you are not going to believe them. You are just going to feel so uncomfortable thinking that someone could really love you in their calm and stable way for all of the baggage that you bring to the table. But the truth is, there are really, really good and kind men and women out there. And what you need to acknowledge is that what you have gone through does not define you. It is just part of your journey that you are working through that is taking you towards being a healthier version of you. And when you are a healthier version of you, you can also engage in a healthier relationship. So it's okay for these situations to literally feel alien to you. Like, yes, it is going to be hard. The healthy relationship after the toxic relationship is hard. And that is the truth. It's hard because it's unfamiliar. It's hard because it goes against everything you know and everything you've ever experienced. It goes against the way that you are wired. You are fighting with your wiring. You are fighting with your nervous system. But the reason you are fighting is because you have brought awareness to the cycles and the type of people you've been engaging with and the type of love that you've been accepting. You're fighting because you deserve so much more than what some wiring tells you you're worthy of. You're fighting because we're just not dating dickheads anymore, men and women included. We are kings and queens who deserve to be loved and worshipped and adored. But the truth is, you have been addicted to a certain type of love that doesn't serve you. And now, with awareness, you are laying the foundations for a type of love that will allow you to feel worshipped and adored, but most of all, safe, calm, and stable. So that is it from my first ever Home Truth episode. I love your thoughts and feedback on it. It means the world when you DM me. 
Most of all, I want you to know that you are just not alone. And don't get me wrong, I am not fully there yet. Earlier this week, me and my boyfriend had a small piece of conflict. And right when I told him something that I knew was going to generate a bad response, he hung up on me. And in that moment when he hung up, all of the trauma that I'm used to of, oh my God, I'm going to have to call him and call him and call him and he's never going to speak to me again and he's going to ignore me and I'm going to have to turn up at his house and blah, 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 blah. And I sat there and I opened up my notes and I started drafting a note. And then he called me back and he said, I'm really sorry, babe, my phone just died. And in that moment, I realized, oh my God, I'm in a healthy relationship. I'm not going to have to go and turn up at his door, like crying, begging him that I'm sorry for saying and doing the thing that I did. I never want people to think like, oh, all I do is talk about my healthy relationship. But the truth is, is I'm so proud of it because I have been in probably 10 years of toxic trauma bonds before this man. And I'm so proud of myself for breaking these cycles. And I'm just so excited for you to also have these experiences too. So yes, this is just me sharing some home truths with you because I have learned the hard way. Okay, that's all from me. I love you guys and I'll see you next episode.